So there is a common perception out there that Hashem is angry and vengeful. Now the reason for this perception is almost certainly due to Christian influence. And I've mentioned this before, we live in a Christian-majority country that has actually been very kind to our people, so we're very grateful for that. But it is still a Christian-majority country. We also live in a time, and so therefore the beliefs, culture of the majority has an impact on us. We live in a time where Jews tend to be fairly assimilated, unlike in other countries where we lived, where Jews kind of kept to themselves in their own, they were forced into ghettos or lived in their own shtetls and kept to themselves. In this country, Jews are fairly assimilated. And unfortunately, many Jews tend to be not well educated in Judaism. The majority of Jews in this country at most had a Hebrew school education, meaning that they ended their Jewish studies um, when they were 12 years old. So their knowledge of Judaism is that of a 12-year-old. And even then, um, and even then it was just a once or twice a week or maybe three times a week, so they didn't get very much. So as a result, um, for a lot of people, since we do live in a Christian-majority country, their views of Judaism, for a lot of Jews, their views of Judaism come from the Christian perspective that they'll often see in, co- in popular culture or from their Christian friends. And so no, no, no ill um, intended, but we, and this is very common. A lot of things where Jews have perceptions of Judaism that are actually not very Jewish or not a Jewish perspective. And one of them is about God being angry and vengeful. So Christians like to describe the Jewish, what they call Old Testament God, as being angry and vengeful to contrast it with their Christian God of the New Testament um, as being loving and caring. And so they have this perspective that in the what they call the Old Testament, but in our Torah, the Jewish God, the original Jewish God before Christianity came at the scene, is not a very warm and caring God. But is that accurate? Does the Torah indeed describe Hashem as angry and vengeful? Or do we believe in a loving and caring God? Which one is it? Loving and caring. It's loving and caring. That's what you'd like it to be. So, a quick look at the Torah finds that Victor has a very good point, that there are both seem to have some truth. There are a number of places where in the Torah we find Hashem getting angry. First time we find Hashem getting angry, at least the term anger used, is when he first meets Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe first meets him at the burning bush, and he tells Moshe, to go and lead the people that Moshe refuses to go initially, and Hashem needs to coax him into going. And at a certain point, it says, Hashem, Hashem got angry at Moshe for refusing to go. Later, the people worship the golden calf. He gets angry at the people for worshiping the golden calf. He got angry at Aaron for his role in the worshiping of the golden calf. Later, they complain about the manna. He gets angry. Later, Miriam and Aaron speak against Moshe. Hashem gets angry at them. Um, Later, the people refuse to go into the promised land after the spies come back and say that the land is too heavily fortified and the people of the land too strong for us to be able to capture it. The people refuse to go into the land again. Hashem gets angry. 
Um, later, many years later, at the end of the 40 years in the desert, the people worship the Peor idol and um, are, go off with these Moabite and Midianite women. And again, Hashem gets angry at the people. So we find all these times where the Torah describes, in the Torah itself, in the stories, of Hashem getting angry. Um, <coughs> and each of these times, there is some sort of punishment meted out by Hashem to the people whom he gets angry at. In addition, a number of times, including in the Ten Commandments itself, the Torah describes Hashem as a kel kana, which there's various translations, but is generally translated as a vengeful God. Hashem is kel kana, either a zealous God or a vengeful God, who will not allow idolatry, idol worship to go unpunished. Do not think you can worship other gods and he won't mind if you worship other gods. Hashem will, is a vengeful God, will not allow for it to go unpunished. Hashem also warns us multiple places in the Torah um, that including in this week's Parsha that if you do not follow Hashem, particularly if you worship idols, then Hashem will get angry at you. That's what the Torah says. He will get angry at you. And then many terrible things will happen throughout the Torah. A number of places in the Torah it warns about the various things. This week's Parsha is where it goes into the greatest detail. Um, spends um, about 60 verses um, focusing on the negative things that will happen if you do not follow what Hashem tells you. And um, it includes things from famine to disease to loss of children to war to exile all for worshipping idols. These punishments are repeated throughout the books of our prophets. Many times in the books of our prophets, the prophets warn the people of terrible calamities, terrible things that will happen if you do not change your ways, if you do not follow what Hashem says, then many bad things will happen to you. However, the Torah also makes it clear that Hashem loves us. We are his chosen people. In this week's Parsha, right, it calls us Hashem's treasured people, right? We are Hashem's treasured people. And it definitely makes it clear many times in the Torah that Hashem loves us. In fact, even when speaking in the Torah about the punishment for worshipping idols, that Hashem will punish us, that he is a, a vengeful God, Kel Kano, the Torah also adds that he will also reward us for our good and rewards us many, many, many times over as much as he punishes us. When Hashem did get angry at us, say when we worship the golden calf and it says Hashem got angry at us, he then forgave us afterwards. He then did forgive us. And after he forgives us, he then tells Moshe, Hashem kel erech apayim. He is a God who is slow to anger. Rav chesed. He is of great abundant kindness. Nose avon. He um, overlooks sins. Venake, he cleanses us. So, we do find throughout the Torah many, many times Hashem described as a, described as a kel rachom v'chanon, a merciful and gracious God who loves us. In last week's parsha, 
We said, Moshe told the people, Ki Hashem Elokecha. Hashem, your God, loves you. So definitely we describe Hashem's love for us. In Parshat Ekev and other times, Moshe describes how Hashem has cared for us. As a father cares for his child, Hashem has cared for you. And Hashem has, even when he punishes you, it's out of his love for you. As a father punishes their child, you don't punish someone else's children. You punish your own children because you love them and you want them to learn. You want them to do better. That's why you punish them. So it's all out of Hashem's love and Hashem's care for us. He took us out of Egypt and he led us through the desert, gave us manna through the desert, clothed us, fed us, took care of us. And so Moshe stresses how much Hashem loves us. The words of the prophet speak repeatedly of Hashem's great love for his people. In the words of Isaiah, Hashem. Hashem says, I love you. Uh, Israel is like my child whom I love. And time and time again, both in the words of Isaiah and many of the other smaller prophets, it's been Hosea and others, it speaks of Hashem's great love for his people and great love for his creations in general, for all people. Hashem's care for people. So it is clear when you read scripture that Hashem loves us as well. So we seem to be getting both in scripture. On the one hand, sure, thank you. On the one hand, we see that Hashem is, um, gets angry and we see that he is um, punishing. He gets angry, he punishes, um, he is vengeful, um, he punishes sins and on punishes severely too. And on the other hand, we see stressed how much Hashem loves us and Hashem cares for us and Hashem looks out for us and we are his children and uh, he loves us as a parent loves their child. So we definitely see both of these concepts found throughout the Torah repeatedly as well as throughout the rest of our scripture. Yes, Marla. What about Job? So in the book of Job, it neither speaks of Hashem loving Job nor Hashem getting angry at Job. Neither emotions are described. Now Job is punished. Uh, or Job, punishes the wrong word. Job, I take that back. Job suffers. Why Job suffers is what the book of Job is written to explain why he suffered. Um, and we did a class previously on the book of Job uh, where we discussed it more in detail. Um, and why they're suffering in general, I'm going to, we did, we did classes where we spoke about previously. I'm going to touch on it briefly in a moment. Uh, but that wasn't necessarily punishment or anger. It does feel like it, yes. I would say he was challenged. Job was challenged, okay. To basically maintain his, He was challenged to see if he would maintain his faith in God, but that seems unfair, right? And that's what the book of Job describes, Job and his friends trying to figure out why God did that. Uh, but that, that's, we did a class once where we focused on Job. So is Hashem angry and vengeful? Is he loving and merciful? So the truth is that Hashem is neither. Hashem is neither angry and vengeful. Hashem is not loving and merciful. 
Hashem is truly beyond emotion. The Torah often describes emotion to Hashem. Particularly emotions of both mercy, kindness, love, as well as emotions of anger, vengeance. And yet, we believe that they're not really true. Hashem is not really emotion. The Torah also describes many other things about Hashem. The Torah many times describes Hashem's body parts. It describes Hashem's eyes, Hashem's ears, Hashem's arm, the arm of Hashem, the finger of Hashem, the feet of Hashem. It describes His body parts. We once did a class where we spoke about why we speak, we speak of Hashem in physical form. We once dedicated a class just to that subject. But we do believe, and it is clear in the Torah itself, that Hashem has no form. Hashem is infinite and absolute spiritual being with no form or description whatsoever. No humanistic characteristics and no form at all. Why then does the Torah speak of his eyes, his ears? It's not eyes and ears. It is rather a metaphor. It is referring to eyes that he sees, ears that he hears. The arm of Hashem referring to the power of Hashem. The finger also referring to his power. All he needs is a little finger to be able to show his power. He doesn't need a big arm. So these are all metaphors for Hashem's power. But not that Hashem has these physical characteristics. The truth is that even the physical actions of seeing, hearing, are also just metaphors. Hashem doesn't see. Hashem doesn't hear. Humans see. Humans hear their physical actions. Now, we believe that Hashem, using His own methods, is aware of what's going on, which we would describe as hearing and seeing. But Hashem doesn't see. You need eyes to see. He doesn't have eyes. He doesn't see. He doesn't hear. We use it, but we want to describe Hashem's awareness of us. Hashem's knowledge of everything happening to us. Hashem knowing and being aware of what we're doing and how we're, what, on what we're experiencing, we would describe that as Hashem's seeing with His eyes, hearing with His ears. It's really just a metaphor. The same is also in speaking of Hashem's emotion. Emotions are human things. They are human experiences. Hashem is not human, has no human experiences. So therefore, Hashem does not feel kind, does not feel love. Love is a human feeling. Hashem does not feel merciful. It's a human feeling. He does not feel angry or vengeful. Those are all human feelings. None of those feelings can be ascribed to Hashem, who is infinite, absolute, and beyond any form of human emotion. So what then does it mean that Hashem loves us? Or Hashem is merciful? Or Hashem is angry and vengeful? What does that mean? He doesn't have any emotion. So it means that from our perspective, the way Hashem is acting with us, it appears like love. It appears like mercy. It appears like anger. When we do something wrong, 
and we, something bad happens to us in return, in response, it appears to us like Hashem is angry at us, but he is really beyond emotion. When we, when we feel Hashem's love, when Hashem takes care of us, when we're in need and we're cared for, and we feel it feels like Hashem is loving us, it feels to us, but Hashem himself is beyond the emotion. When we feel, um, when we know that we are deserving of bad because of the bad we've done, and yet good things happen to us, it feels like Hashem is merciful to us, forgiving. But again, Hashem is acting towards us in that way that we humans describe as love, anger, fear, uh, uh, um, mercy. But really, He is beyond all those emotions. It feels to us like He has those emotions. But He Himself actually stands beyond those emotions. Hashem has no emotions whatsoever, does not... Um, does not um, Love, care, hate, or any of the like. Those are all human emotions. Rather, he responds to us in certain ways. And we see the ways that he treats us as if Hashem is sharing a particular emotion or showing a particular emotion towards us. Yes, Debbie? How do we know that Hashem has no emotions? The Torah says so. What? The Torah says so. He told us. It's also, he told us he has no emotions, but it's also, um, it makes sense because if Hashem is truly absolute and infinite, which he must be as the, as the beginning of everything, if he has any form, then he could not possibly be what we call the first cause. He once said a class and we spoke about this concept. Um, right? So, right? So if Hashem is the creator, then he must have created emotions. He could not possibly have emotions himself. He is the creator of emotions. Okay, what about when we pass away and we're in another life? Do we have no emotions? Do souls have emotions? That is an excellent question that really is a discussion for a class about souls. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes, Karen. That is an excellent question. A few weeks ago, you may recall, we did a class on how are we in God's image. Clearly, we cannot be truly in God's image because he's infinite and we're finite. Um, But there are in certain senses that we are in God's image. It was a couple weeks ago, we did a class focused on that subject. And if you recall, we gave a couple of different answers, such as we are intelligent or we have choice, right? Uh, That makes us like God. Um, So it's not physical. We could not be physically in God's image. No, because God is infinite, absolute. So, is God kind, loving, angry, vengeful? We now know the Torah describes all those things about Hashem. And yet, none of them are truly accurate because he is none of the above. He has no emotion. He is above and beyond emotion. Emotion is just a creation that humans have, but we like to picture Hashem from our perspective, and so we ascribe human things to Hashem to help us better understand Him. And so we ascribe emotion to Hashem based on how He treats us, but Hashem does not actually get emotional. He simply acts in a way that we humans would describe as emotion. 
We, we do, however, receive both kindness and love from Hashem. Not that He is kind and loving, but we receive kindness and love from Hashem. We receive anger and punishment from Hashem. We are on the receiving end. Not that He feels that way, but we do receive that. We receive both good from Hashem, kindness, as well as suffering, which in Kabbalah we refer to as gvura or judgment. So we have both the Hashem what we, has what we call the attribute of chesed, midat ha-chesed, deals with us in kindness, not that he feels that way, but responds to us in such a way, as well as responds to us with midat hadin, um, or midat ha the attribute of judgment, which leads to our suffering. Now, we often notice the judgment, in other words, the suffering. We have a tendency to notice when things go wrong, rather than notice when things go right. We ignore the kindness. But the truth is that Hashem's kindness is so much greater. We have a phrase that we mention many times in the book of Psalms, and in our prayer from there we quote it in our prayers many times, Ki le'olam chasto. His kindness is everlasting. In fact, there's, a, there's one psalm, Psalm 136, where the entire psalm, every single verse, there's 26 verses, and each verse ends with the words, Ki le'olam chasto. His kindness is everlasting. And what we mean by that is that our very existence, the entire universe, exists with Hashem's kindness. Again, not that He feels that way, but the way He acts to us. Everything that we have is Hashem's kindness. Remember, prior to creation, we didn't exist. We believe, and we've spoke, we did another class about this a couple weeks ago, that creation is constant. You recall we had this question, as are we figments of Hashem's imagination? And we answered that, yes, we are. We don't really exist. We're really simply figments of Hashem's imagination. And we exist with Him bringing us into existence at every single moment. Creation, in other words, is constant. He is constantly creating us and make us be who we are. So everything that we have, our very existence, and everything around us, everything we are given, the air to breathe, the food to eat, the clothing we wear, the building we are in, the air conditioning keeping us cool on a hot day, every single thing that we have is all thanks to Hashem's kindness. Our sages say, I'll call neshima unashima tahalelka. For every breath that you take, you should thank Hashem. Anyone who's ever suffered from um, <coughs> breathing problems would know when you have to focus on your breathing, right? How challenging it can be. And that oxygen that Hashem supplies is free of charge. We get it free of charge. It's absolutely free. Nobody charges for it. And it's, it's in abundance. There's plenty of it. There's a lot of it and we breathe at every single moment. Our heart is beating at every single moment. Our other parts of our body, our kidneys, our liver, our lungs, everything is working constantly. We're functioning, and of course our brains. Even if we're sick, we're functioning. The, every detail of every detail is Hashem's everlasting kindness. You have clothing to wear, it's Hashem's kindness. You have food on your table, 
It's Hashem's kindness. Everything that we have is Hashem's kindness. Yes, there is suffering. We may have our, we may stub our toe. Our toe hurts us. You forget how many other nerves in your body are feeling just fine and you're not even paying attention to them, right? So we always notice the parts that are, you know, causing us trouble, but there's so many good parts. We get so much kindness from our Hashem, our health, our finances, our family, all of our achievements, our intelligence, our skills, everything that we have comes from Hashem. Without Him, we wouldn't exist. And none of this would exist. So this is all thanks to Hashem's kindness. So yes, Hashem does deal with us with the attribute of kindness and midat hachesed and judgment, midat hadin. We get both. But most of what we get, almost all of what we get is kindness. We just don't notice it. We take it for granted. You wake up in the morning. Be thankful you woke up. We take it for granted. And we complain about everything that goes wrong. Right? So, but all those things, who gave it to us? It's all from Hashem. This is all Hashem's kindness. So Hashem's kindness to us is overwhelming. It's everlasting. It's constant. Every moment that we live, we are living only in the grace of Hashem, in the thanks to the kindness of Hashem. Thanks to we often don't deserve it. It's not that you've done anything that makes you deserve to be given oxygen to breathe or food to eat or everything else that you have. But Hashem in His great kindness gives it to us. So yes, there is suffering, but kindness is overwhelmingly more than suffering in this world. And not only that, the default is kindness. Because if Hashem would not be giving, we would not exist. If there would be equal kindness and judgment, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't exist. The default is kindness. Almost everything that we get is kindness. And yes, Hashem adds in a little bit of judgment as well. He adds in a little bit of suffering as well. We'll soon get to why in just a moment. But the default and the majority of what Hashem gives us almost entirely is Hashem's kindness, showing His love and care, although He Himself does not have emotions, uh, but He does react to us in ways that we describe as emotion. Any questions? Susan? Go ahead. Why do some people suffer more than others? That is a very, very good question. Well, let's first get to why does Hashem... Why does Hashem give us judgment? So we believe that Hashem punishes people when they do bad. It's a central Jewish belief that if you do bad, you don't get away with it. You will get punished for the people who are doing good, that might be somewhat of a relief to know that those that do bad don't just get away with doing bad. So Hashem does punish people who do bad. But to be clear, we don't believe that it is vindictive. In other words, Hashem is not, you did bad, I'm going to get you. Uh, It also 
We don't believe that there is a scorecard. We don't believe that Hashem is checking. You got one point, right? Two points, three points, right? Counting the points and then say, all right, this is your punishment deserving based on how many points you got, right? So he doesn't, um, he doesn't count um, merits and demerits or um, uh, doesn't keep a scorecard, but rather we believe, and we've previously done classes on Hashem, does Hashem punish us? Um, we once did a class on that subject. Um, we do believe that Hashem does punish people for the bad they do, but it is not to get you back. It is not because he is vindictive. It is rather what we call mida keneged mida, measure for measure. You may recall we once did a class that Judaism believe in karma. We said we don't believe in karma. That's a um, Buddhist concept, but we rather, but we do believe in the concept of mida keneged mida, measure for measure. The Torah tells us that Moshe's father-in-law Jethro, who was father of his wife Tzipporah, um, was a Midianite who came and joined the Jewish people. And he was super impressed when he heard about the Exodus. Not because Hashem made great miracles. That's impressive, right? That he could bring all these plagues on the Egyptians and split the sea. All pretty, pretty impressive. But that's not what impressed him. What impressed him is, how did the Egyptians die in the end? They drowned. They drowned at the Red Sea. That was after... What was their worst crime against Israel? They enslaved them, but what was their worst crime? They killed the babies. How did they kill the babies? They drowned them. They drowned. They drowned the babies, and they themselves ended up getting drowned. That is mida keneged mida, measure for measure. The way a person acts, whatever they do, <coughs> comes right back to them. That's not because Hashem keeps a scorecard and says, let me think of how I can get you back for what you did. Let me try to figure out a way to get you back. That is not what he does. Rather, a central tenet to Jewish belief is that our actions matter. Every single thing that we do has an impact. If you do good, it has a strong positive impact on yourself and the world around you. If you do bad, it has a strong negative impact on yourself and the world around you and it will eventually come right back to you. And that's very important because sometimes people say, who cares if I do this or not? Does it really matter? Is anyone going to know the difference? Does it really matter if I don't do this or I do this wrong? Is it going to hurt anyone? Does it? And the answer is yes. If Hashem said not to do it, then it really, really matters. And it's going to impact you, it's going to impact the world around you, and it's eventually going to come right back to you. And that is why people get punished for their actions exactly in proportion to what they did, not because Hashem is getting them back, but because of the domino effect that they created when they did whatever they did. They create this chain reaction that eventually will come back to them. And so we may not see it within this world because the impact may be on a spiritual plane. It may be in a way that we cannot see and we do believe in other spiritual universes that we impact but then in turn impact us. 
but whatever bad a person does will have a negative impact, which will then come back towards them. Any good a person does will have a positive impact, which will then come back towards them. So yes, does Hashem punish for doing bad? Definitely He does. And a person never gets away with doing bad, because it will definitely come back in some way or another. Um, So you never get away with it. Um, But not that Hashem is punishing you in that he keeps a scorecard or he is vindictive, but rather it is what we call midah kineged midah. It is a direct consequence of our actions. So yes, Hashem punishes. And yes, when we say Hashem is kel kana, a vengeful God, Rashi tells us that means that he will not allow you to get away with it. Why? Because the negative you do will come back to bite you. It will come right back to you. Now, Hashem does though forgive us. Not always when we do bad are we punished. We can break the or stop the chain reaction that we have caused by our negative actions with teshuva, with repentance. If we change our ways, if we repent, we regret what we had done, try to fix our negative actions, we can do we can stop that chain reaction that will come back to harm us eventually. And not only that, he is what we call erech apayim, slow to anger. Now he himself doesn't anger, as we said, right? He has no emotions. However, he is slow to anger in the sense that Hashem makes the chain reaction move very, very slowly. So if you do something wrong, you don't get zapped straight away. You don't drop dead the moment you do something wrong. Hashem rather makes that it makes a negative reaction. It starts a domino effect that eventually will come back to harm you, but it happens very slowly. So it's not going to happen so quickly, giving you time for teshuva, giving you time to change and to stop that negative reaction, to stop that domino effect before it comes back to you. So you do it. Hashem is slow to anger in the sense that it takes time for that to come back to you. Now, does that mean that every time we suffer, it is a punishment for our actions? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. In Judaism, it is clear that there are many times that people suffer, such as in the book of Job, where it is clearly not a punishment for their actions. How do we know it's not a punishment? Job tells his friends when they suggest that he's being punished for his actions, I didn't do anything wrong to deserve this. So it's not a punishment for my actions. Many times we see innocent people, children, who could not possibly be held responsible for any bad actions, uh, suffering. So often it appears not to be a response for our actions, but rather we seem to be suffering anyway. In such an instance, it is not punishment, right? It would not be punishment but it would rather be for some other reason. It would not be Hashem's anger, but rather for some other cause. What would that cause be? Well, that's what troubled Job. He didn't understand. And we did a class, we spoke, we once did a class on Job. We once did a class about why bad things happen. Not too long ago, we did a class on, on that. And the truth is, we ultimately don't know. Hashem in the book of Job appears to Job at the end and says, 
Do you think you can understand me? Were you around when I created the world? Do you understand how our universe works? Do you think you can understand your suffering? You'll never understand it. And why we don't understand it is a subject of its own that I won't get into right now. But we don't understand why people suffer. Sometimes it's a direct consequence of their negative actions. Often it's not. And there's really no way to know definitively if our suffering is a negative consequence of our actions or it's not a negative consequence. There's no way to know one way or another definitively. What we can do and should do, our sages say, is that if you are suffering, you shall look back into your actions and say, could this be a negative consequence for my actions? It might be. And you can alleviate your suffering then by teshuva, by changing those actions. So since it may be a consequence, you should always take the opportunity when suffering, you should always take the opportunity to look back and see what can I do to fix this? How can I change my ways and be better? To block, stop this negative reaction, this negative domino effect that I have created through my negative actions. So a person should go and seek their ways. Now they may say, you know, I've done nothing wrong. I don't deserve this. That might be true, that's fine. It may be that they think it's a punishment for something and it's not. That's fine too. You do teshuva. It's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you to make to improve your ways. That's, that's okay, right? You definitely cannot go to somebody else and tell them this is a punishment for your actions. How would you do? Right? You cannot. The person themselves who is suffering should see if there's a way they could change. But you can't make someone else do teshuva. You can't tell someone else is a punishment for your actions. Unless, of course, you're a prophet. The prophets did that, right? Because Hashem told them to do that. But for regular people like you and I, we can't go and tell someone you're suffering because of your negative actions. So, to summarize, let me just take a question. Any questions before I conclude? To summarize, is Hashem angry and vengeful? Many times in the Torah, Hashem is described both as angry and vengeful. Um, the, well, we first said that the general uh, assumption of Hashem, of Hashem being angry and vengeful um, is from a Christian perspective of Judaism because they believe that Hashem only became kind or God only became kind at the, after the beginning of Christianity for some reason. Um, we believe that to be false. Um, so, um, so Hashem, but the Torah does describe many times Hashem being angry and vengeful for negative actions, uh, always in response to negative actions, not just for no reason. Um, the Torah also describes Hashem as caring, loving, and kind. Ultimately, Hashem has no emotions whatsoever. Hashem is beyond emotion. Emotions are creations, and they're human experiences. We describe Hashem's actions in particular ways as if Hashem was responding with emotion the way a human would, but we don't believe that he does. He both is kind to us <laughs> and punishes us when we do bad. He both gives us a lot of good and bad. The default of most of what he gives us is good. Um, so, And we always get good, even when we are undeserving, because of his great kind, abundant kindness. He also loves particularly his people and cares for his people. Um, and um, has shown that love. We're still here today, after thousands of years, when all those other nations are gone. So we do see that love, although we have suffered over the years. Um, but yet we do believe that when we do bad, the actions that we do leads to punishment. 
will lead, inevitably lead to punishment unless we change our ways. Um, we believe that every action has an impact on this world, every single action that we do. We do have an ability to stop the chain reaction that eventually will lead to uh, harming ourselves um, through teshuva, through changing our ways. Although not every time that a person suffers um, isn't necessarily as a punishment. It may be for other reasons known only to Hashem. It is important, though, to remember that the Torah says, Hashem says very clearly that Hashem's attribute of goodness is many, many times his attribute of judgment or his punishment. The Torah says that for someone who sins and worships idols, Hashem will punish them for them, their children, the third generation, and the fourth generation. And our sages are clear because the Torah also said, we read in last week's Torah reading, that Hashem does not punish children for the sins of their parents, but rather this is only if the children continue in their parents' ways. However, the Torah then continues in that same verse, it's in the Ten Commandments, um, the Torah then continues and says that if you do good, Hashem does kindness for good, uh, in response for those that do good for 2,000 generations. So four generations for bad, 2,000 generations for evil. Our sages say good is 500 times more powerful than bad. The good impact of your good actions is so much more powerful than the negative impact of your negative actions. So rather than focusing on negativity or negative actions and the negative impact, we can do so much more by focusing on the goodness Yes, there is a negative response to our negative actions, but Hashem is patient and forgiving. And more importantly, the response to our good actions is so much more powerful. In other words, both good actions and bad actions create a chain reaction that eventually impacts ourselves and everyone around us. But the chain reaction created by good is a much, much, much stronger chain reaction. And while the chain reaction created by our bad can be stopped, with teshuva, the chain reaction created by good can never be stopped. Always continues to create good and cause positivity in this world. So the power of goodness, the power of Hashem's kindness, the power of Hashem's love is so much more powerful than the power of Hashem's punishment and judgment. So yes, it does mention Hashem's anger, punishment, judgment, a number of times in the Torah, a number of times in Scripture. However, it also, <coughs> just as much, but even more, speaks of Hashem's power of kindness, Hashem's response to the good that we do, and how and tells us that it is so much greater than Hashem's negativity. So do we believe that Hashem is angry and vengeful? He has no emotions, but He does show punishment but he also shows kindness and positivity. And so rather than focusing on the negative, we are a lot better, better off focusing on the positive. So rather, yes, we have to regret the bad that we do and change our ways, but rather than focusing on that, we have a better solution. Focus on doing more good, 
No question, if you do more good, you'll end up doing less bad as well as a result. So rather than focusing on the negative, focus on the positive. The more good that we do, the more we will invoke Hashem's kindness, Hashem's love for us, the more we will invoke positivity in this world, and the more we will create a more positive world and more positive lives and better lives for ourselves and for everyone around us.